Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 75 of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. The Graveyard Grumbler. Now, I, I want to apologize for the last episode. I know the last episode was episode 74, but I think in the recording I said episode 77, but it's not. It's only 74. Today's episode is 75. We still haven't gotten to episode 77 yet, but today's episode is a very interesting one to say the least. Today's episode is, con- is it's, it's kind of like two in one. We're going to be doing cold case file and conspiracy. We're going to roll those into one. Grumbler, I know there's about 20 bazillion things that we can do this episode on. I know, I know. But today's episode, I am very excited. I'm actually really excited. My wife is the one who, who shared this information with me. And when, I, and when I heard it, I got really excited. So I decided I'm going to do the episode on the information that my wife sent me. Today's episode, we are going to do it on Marilyn Monroe. Yes, everyone, Marilyn Monroe. I know a lot of people have have these kind of um, ideas on who she was, who she might be, who this, and it, it, you know that's fine and all, but who she really was is completely different from what or who who she actually was to what the media portrayed her at or portrayed her as are two completely different things. So how about we just stop talking, Grumbler, and let's let's get into the episode. Who was Marilyn Monroe? That's what everybody wants to know. Well, at least I, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I, I knew nothing about Marilyn Monroe other than her big media outings that she's done, you know, like the infamous white dress over the grate. I, I knew her for that, but I didn't know exactly who she was. So this, this was, a, again, an, an educational piece for me as I do the episode. So who was Marilyn Monroe? Monroe was born as Norma Jean Mortensen on June 1st, 1926 at the Los Angeles County Hospital in Los Angeles, California. Her mother, Gladys Pearl Baker, was from a poor Midwestern family who had migrated to California at the turn of the century, just like a lot of people around those early times. You know, when you have one place that's not doing it for you, of course, you want to jump ship and go to someplace that you're going to thrive. And at that time, California was the big hit. You had a history of, you know, uh, gold mining, you had oil, you have uh, actors, you have agriculture. So, you know, sooner or later, there's something there that you might pick up and and uh, be able to do as work. I mean, that's hell. That's why my dad uh, immigrated out to California from Mexico is because of work. You know, I mean, Mexico doesn't really have that much that, that many opportunities to have a successful, thriving family the way you could in, in, in America. So at the age of 15, she married John Newton Baker, an abusive man, nine years her senior. They had, this was uh, the mom. The mom married, Gladys Pearl Baker married at the age of 15. She married John Newton Baker, an abusive man, nine years her senior. They had two children named Robert and Bernice. She successfully filed for divorce and sole custody in 1923. But Baker kidnapped the children soon after and moved them to his native Kentucky. Monroe was not told that she had a sister until she was 12 and met Bernice for the first time as an adult. What kind of jackass is going to kidnap the kids from the mother? I mean, unless the mother is completely abusive and there's warrant or that warrant, but there's a, a reason for a kidnapping. Why would you take the kids from the mother? I mean, I know I understand, you know, hey, the dad wants to see the mom too, but, you know, work that shit out and figure out a way to make it work. Don't kidnap 
the kids and devastate both of them or both parties, I should say. Following the following the divorce, Gladys worked as a film negative cutter at Consolated Film at Consolated Film Industries. In 1924, she married Martin Edward Mortensen, but they separated only some months later and divorced in 1928. The identity of Monroe's father is unknown, and she most often used Baker as her surname. So they divorced. Dad left. Fuck it. I'm just going to, you know, the mom can deal with the kid. Yeah, good going, guy. Gladys was mentally and financially unprepared for a child. Monroe's early childhood was stable and happy. So even though the mom was not financially and mentally prepared for a child, you know, Marilyn Monroe still had a decent childhood, according to reports. Gladys placed her daughter with evangelical, evangelical, I can never say that goddamn word, with evangelical Christian foster parents Albert and Ida Bolander in the rural town of Hawthorne. She also lived there for the six months until she was forced to move back to the city due to work. She then began visiting her daughter on the weekends. You know, that's fine. If you can't afford to raise a kid, you know, she did the normal thing. She was able to put him in someone else's home and help and have them help her raise her, which is, you know, it's commendable. Awesome. You didn't just go turn to a life of crack and live on the streets and have your daughter live in a tent while you suffered and, and tried to uh, make ends meet by, you know, selling cans that are that are used. You know what I mean? So in the summer of 1933, Gladys bought a small house in Hollywood with a loan from the Homeowners Loan Corporation and moved seven-year-old Marilyn, seven-year-old Monroe in with her. They shared the house with lodgers, actors George and Maude Atkinson and their daughter Nellie. In January 1934, Gladys had a mental breakdown and was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Damn. After several months in a rest home, she was committed to the Metropolitan State Hospital. She spent the rest of her life in and out of hospitals and was rarely in contact with Monroe. Monroe became a ward of the state, and her mother's friend, Grace Goddard, took responsibility over her and her mother's affairs. Well, that's shitty. From what we've known back in history, you know, we've we've dealt with serial killers who've had a similar upbringing and end up turning to the worst. Ended up being so far off the deep end that they decided to kill they because they were they were so separated from reality so with Marilyn Monroe's mother having a breakdown being diagnosed with schizophrenia she must have been dealing with this for a, a large portion of her life of her childhood without even knowing in in cases like that a lot of times unfortunately it it's more like it's kind of an everyday normal thing that's just how mom is but in this case, being diagnosed and committed into a hospital, into a state hospital, where she's, I mean, just being in and out of a state hospital alone is devastating for a child. And to top that off, she was, she was a ward of the state. Damn, that's shitty. So Marilyn Monroe started off with a decent childhood and then didn't have a decent childhood because she got stuck into foster care. In the next four years, Monroe's living situation changed often. For the first 16 months, she continued living with the Atkinses and was sexually abused during this time. Damn. Always a shy girl, she now also developed a stutter and became withdrawn. See, that, that's, 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 ugh. Some, that shit is so aggravating. You, you think that you're going to be put in a better place, in a better situation. So, hey, you know, these people that I've known for a while, they are going to help me out and we are going to live happily ever after. No, instead, 
the instead she was sexually abused just now putting more trauma and more more just just difficulties and mental illness or mental anguish and and just just destroying her i mean just destroying every piece of character that she has that she's trying to rebuild after seeing her mom being in and out being put in and out of uh, mental state hospitals and then being sexually abused to deal with all the rest of that shit that you just dealt with god damn and that's yeah, I, I truly hate people who sexually abuse people. I, I truly do. And I, and I hope, and I say this with confidence and, and clarity, I hope every single person who has ever sexually abused, raped, molested, any individual would burn in a pit of lava while feeling every bit of their death crawl through their entire body. And I, I, just, I just wish the worst for people who do that shit. In the summer of 1935, she briefly stayed with Grace and her husband, Erwin Doc Goddard, and two other families. And in September, Grace placed her in the Los Angeles Orphans Home. The orphanage was, quote, a model institution, end quote, and was described in positive terms by her peers. But Monroe felt abandoned. Of course she felt abandoned. You think that you, you just got, you, you see your mother dealing with whatever she's dealing with. You got thrown into a home, you were molested, now you got kicked out of that home or you left that home. Got put in with someone that you thought you were going to be able to have an enjoyable time with and finally call home. But then they just kind of, eh, we don't want you. Or your personality isn't compatible with our, com- or with our personalities. So you have to go. Yeah, that's, yeah, I know. See, that, that shit, uh, I would feel abandoned too. God damn. Encouraged by the orphan staff who thought that Monroe would be happier living in a family, Grace became her legal guardian in 1936, but did not take her out of the orphanage until the summer of 1937. Monroe's second stay with the Goddard lasted only a few months because Doc molested her. She then lived brief periods with her relatives and Grace's friends and, rel- and, Grace's friends and relatives in Los Angeles and Compton. So again, there's more molestation, more just more devastation for this young lady. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, but then then I guess that's why they're called predators. You see someone having difficulty time adjusting and trying to find some place that they can call home. So you're going to take advantage of them, and, and like I said, they're predators. So they prey off of this off of uh, Marilyn Monroe's innocence and molest her again. God damn it, man! You're already this lady's already having a hard time finding what she a place where she can get in where she fit in, and then on top of that, you're going to add more mental anguish on top of the mental anguish on top of the mental anguish that she's already been dealing with. Man, get fucked, man! It was Monroe's childhood experiences that first made her want to become an actor. She said, "Quote: I didn't like the world around me because I because it was kind of grim. When I heard that this was acting, I said, that's what I want to be.'" Some of my foster families used to send me to the movies to get me out of the house, and there I'd sit all day and way into the night. Up in front, there were there up in front there with the big screen, so big, a little kid all alone, and I loved it. End quote. So her, the the foster family would just would just send her out and say, "Yo, get out the house, go get a break," and she would go to the movies and sit there for hours on end, from early in the day till late at night. And that was her escape. Some people is drugs. Some people is, is violence. Some people is self-mutilation. Some people is music. Some people is working out. For Marilyn Monroe, it was heading to the movies. That was pretty cool. 
Monroe found a more permanent home in September 1938 when she began living with Grace's aunt, Anna, Grace's aunt, Anna Lower in Sawtell. <laughs> she was enrolled in Emerson Junior High School and went to weekly Christian science services with Lower. Monroe was otherwise a mediocre student, but excelled in writing and contributed to the school newspaper. You know, that's one of the big things is that people, because, because of her, her on-screen personality, a lot, of, a lot of people, even up to this day, assume she was a dumb blonde. Even though she wasn't even blonde, <laughs> she was actually a brunette. <laughs> she, so for those of you who said she was a dumb blonde, she only played the role because that's how she made the money. And those were the parts that she was given and not, she, she, didn't, she wasn't allowed to choose her parts. So uh, being, a, being a sex symbol at that time, I mean, for a woman back in, in, in the 40s and 50s, it wasn't really a big breakthrough roles other than being, a, you know, a sex object to, to make it big. Due to the elderly Lower's health problems, Monroe returned to live with the Goddard in Van Nuys in, a, in around early 1941, the same year she began attending Van Nuys High School. In 1942, the company that employed Doc Goddard, Doc Goddard relocated him to West Virginia. California child protection laws prevented the Goddard from taking Monroe out of state, and she faced having to return to the orphanage. As a solution, she married their neighbor's 21-year-old son, factory worker James Daughtery, on June 19, 1942, just after her 16th birthday. Monroe subsequently dropped out of high school and became a housewife. She found herself and Daughtery mismatched and later stated that, quote, she was dying from boredom during the marriage, end quote, during the, mar- during the marriage. In 1943, Daughtry enlisted in the Merchant Marine and was stationed on Santa Catalina Island, where Monroe moved in with him. Damn. So what I don't understand, how, if her, how is, if, if her mother is going in and out of, out of uh, mental state hospitals and someone has legal right over her, how wouldn't she be able to leave state to go start life in a different, in a, in a different state? But it's perfectly okay for her to stay in the system down in California, still dealing with all the bullshit that she had to deal with. I'm not, again, I'm not a learned man, but some of these rules just don't make sense to me. I don't know if it's to protect the child or is it to relieve stress from the people moving the child? I don't know. I don't know. So how did my, again, I, I told you, I'm going to, I'm going to start jumping I'm going to cut out a lot of her early history. I'm going to cut out a lot of what she's done. I'm just going to jump to some major highlights so we can get familiar with who Marilyn Monroe, Monroe is, okay? So if I start reading stuff and you're all, hey, that didn't happen until this year. Yes, I understand that. If you want to get more information from Marilyn Monroe or about Marilyn Monroe, just type in Marilyn Monroe biography or life and, oh my gosh, pages and pages and pages are going to pop up. So yeah, I'm just going to touch a little bit of highlights here and there and we're just going to keep moving. Deal? Deal. So how did, Monroe, how did Marilyn Monroe get her, her big break? In April 1943, Daughtry was shipped out to the Pacific, and he would remain there for most of the next two years. Monroe, Monroe, God damn. Monroe moved in with her in-laws and began a job at the radio plane company, a munitions factory in Van Nuys. In late 1944, she met photographer David Conover, who had been sent by the U.S. Army Air Force's first motion picture unit to the factory to shoot morale-boosting pictures of female workers. So for, you, for those of you who aren't really history buffs, remember back in the, in the late 30s to 1940s, or through the 40s, 
there was a huge, huge, huge war. I mean, called the, it was World War II. I mean, a lot of people might, might have heard of it. Might have, a lot of people who might not have heard of it. However, majority of the male workers who worked the blue-collar jobs, the factories, the, the coal mines, and a bunch of other jobs similar to that were gone to go fight in Europe to prevent the Nazis from taking over the entire goddamn world. And so because of that, there was a huge boom of women working in the factories and working jobs that typically men were only hired to do so. It was either that or our economy crashes more than it already was, you know. So all the females had literally had to put the weight of the world or the economy on their shoulders and keep it flowing by still providing providing military backing. And as far as that, I mean, like, there, there was a lot of female workers who worked in ammunitions factories, who worked in tank-building factories, plane-building factories, just to keep the, the things going on through the war. Now, I know a lot of you people are like, yo, that doesn't sound right, but it is true. I'm not talking about being hired directly through the military in, in, in the armed forces building these airplanes. No, we're talking on the outside where people were doing these things, where women were doing the things in order to keep the economy growing. So it's a big, huge boom, 30s to 40s. Read it if you, if you don't believe me. Although none of her, her pictures were used, she quit working at the factory in January 1945 and began modeling for Conover and his friends. Defying her deployed husband, she moved on her own and signed a contract with Blue Book Model. Excuse me. She signed a contract with the Blue Book Model Agency in August 1945. Yeah. If your wife can make it as a model and people are actively seeking her out, just support her. Maybe. Just maybe. Now, this is, a, this is a far maybe. This is just a little bit of maybe that might be a maybe, but it's a maybe. Maybe if she, her husband would have stuck through her, through Think and Thin, through her modeling and acting career, maybe she would still be alive and wouldn't have been involved with as much shit as she was involved in. Hmm. I don't know. That's just my opinion. The agency deemed Monroe's figures more Mon- oh, God damn. The agency deemed Monroe's figure more suitable for for pinup than high fashion modeling. She and she was featured mostly in advertisements and men's magazines. To make herself more employable, she straightened her hair and dyed it blonde. For those of you who think that she's a dumb blonde, she's actually not. According to Emmeline's Emmeline. I am having the most difficult time reading anything today. I need another cup of coffee. Let's try this again. According to Emmeline, Emmeline, Emmeline Snively, <laughs> the agency owners, Monroe quickly became one of its most ambitious and hardworking models. By early 1946, she had appeared on 33 magazine covers for publications such as Pageant, U.S. Camera, Laugh and Peak, <laughs> for U.S. Camera, Laugh and Peak. As a model, Monroe occasionally used the pseudonym Jean Norman. Oh, so Jean Norman, that's another AKA, huh? Through Snively, Monroe signed a contract with an acting agency in June 1946. After an unsuccessful interview at Paramount Pictures, she was given a screen test by Ben Lyon, a 20th Century Fox executive. Head executive Daryl F. Zanuck was, un- was unenthusiastic about it, but gave her, but he gave her a standard six-month contract to avoid her being signed by rival studio RKO Pictures. 
So, I mean, is that good business or bad business? Or was it because she was a hot lady and with nice curves and said, yo, we need to keep this lady because she's going to do something to make us some money. So let's just wrap her up in a contract, even though I was not impressed with her, with her audition. So what do you think that was a, that was a good play for Daryl Zanuck or was that just kind of a, that was a greedy ass bastard type deal. Let me know. Graveyard Grumbler at mail.com. Graveyard Grumbler podcast on Instagram. Graveyard Grumbler podcast on Good Pods, Podchaser, and Podbean. For those of you who use multiple apps, go check it out. Message me. Monroe's contract began in August 1946, and she, she and Lyon selected the stage name Marilyn Monroe. The first name was picked by Lyon, who was reminded of Broadway star Marilyn Miller. The last was Monroe's mother's maiden name. In September 1946, she divorced Daughtry, who was against her career. What an idiot. This dude could have been living the high life, rubbing elbows with the big people like Marlon Brando. Uh, uh, who else? I don't, my mind went completely blank. Sean... Jesus, Christmas trees in June. He could have been rubbing stuff with like the rap hack with the Kennedys. He could have been rubbing elbows with some of the, the hottest stars around that time. But no, because he was jealous and didn't want her to make more money than him. That's the bottom line. That's one of the biggest things that, that occurs for women in that era. They just, they're, they're, or men, period, not even that era, men, period, nowadays. They are jealous of their wife's success and just can't deal with it because, oh, they're not, they're making more money than me. Shut the fuck up. Deal with it, fool. Support her. Give her a high five. Smack her on the cheeks. Say, let's get some money. Let's, let's, let's make this. But no, let's divorce her, and that way you can suffer and be, be an idiot. Boy, I tell you. Monroe spent her first six months at Fox in learning, acting, singing, and dancing and in observing the filmmaking process. Her contract was renewed in February 1947, and she was given her first film roles, Bit Parts in Dangerous. Given her film role, Bit Parts in Dangerous Years, and, and Scooter Who, Scooter Hey. <laughs> the studio also enrolled her in, actors, in the Actors Laboratory Theater, an acting school teaching the techniques of the group theater. She later stated that, it was, quote, my first taste of what real acting in a real drama could be, and I was hooked, end quote. Despite her enthusiasm, her teachers thought her too shy and insecure to have a future in acting, and Fox did not renew her contract in August 1947. She returned to modeling while also doing occasional odd jobs at film studios, such as working as a dancing pacer behind the scenes to keep the leads on point at musical sets. Well, that's kind of disheartening. You, you work so hard, you do all this, but because some lady said, yo, she's too shy, she's not going to make it, Fox said, fuck it, let's cut her. It's stupid. Monroe was determined to make it as an actress and continue studying at the Actors Lab. She had a small role in the play Glamour, Prefer Glamour Preferred. <laughs> she had a small role in the play Glamour Preferred at the Bliss Hayden Theater, but it ended after a couple of performances. To network, she frequented producers officer, off, she frequented producers officers, befriended gossip columnist Sidney Skalski, and entered influential male and entertained influential male guests at studio functions, a practice she had begun at Fox. So the bottom line, 
I screwed up my notes. I put things the wrong way, forgot to highlight certain things. And so I'm reading it like I can't, I'm reading this with my eyes closed, it seems like, because I am stumbling over every piece of goddamn word that I have put in my notes. So I apologize. My bad. So she also became... She also became a friend and occasional sex partner of Fox executive Joseph M. Schneck, who persuaded Schneck, Schenk, <laughs> who persuaded his friend Harry Cohen, the executive of Columbia Pictures, to hire her to hire her in March 1948. So again, I told you we're gonna jump around. So here we go. Marilyn Monroe's decline. This is what, now we're going to start getting into how she started declining and her dying, her downward spiral leading to her untimely death, unfortunately. Monroe had become one of the 20th century's, 20th century Fox's biggest stars, but her contract had not changed since 1950, meaning she was paid far less than other stars of her stature and could not choose her projects. Her attempts, to appear, her attempts to appear in films that would not focus on her as a pinup had been thwarted by the studio and head executive, Daryl F. Zanuck, who had a strong personal dislike of her and did not think she would earn the studio as much revenue in other types of roles. Under pressure from the studio's owner, Spyro Scorus, goddamn, Zanuck had also decided that Fox should focus exclusively on entertainment to maximize profits and cancel the production of any serious films. In January 1954, he suspended Monroe when she refused to begin shooting yet another musical comedy, The Girl in Pink Tights. So this dude was sexist, misogynist all the way down. 100% said, yo, unless you're being a bubbly, hot uh, sex object, you're obviously not going to make more money, so we're not going to update your contract. You're not going to do anything for us that's that's anything serious. You're going to be the bubbly cute, attractive woman, and we're going to get funds and make money that way. So shut up, do your job, or else. So Monroe's like, yo, I'm not going to make another another film that's going to be stupid, bubbly, and, and funny. I want to make serious roles. So he said, look, you either do the girl in pink tights or I'm going to suspend you. She said, fuck it, I'm not doing it. He said, fuck it, you're suspended. Boom. See, a lot of people think that Marilyn Monroe is actually this really idiot, dumb blonde. However, it was complete. I mean, from all the research that I've been doing, it's quite opposite. She she was actually real business savvy. She was she stuck to her guns, and of course, you're always gonna you know in Hollywood you have to sacrifice some morals and some ethics in order to make it big. Unfortunately, that's the that's the play of the game. That's the way it goes down in Hollywood. You know, so if you want to be a movie star, there's some sacrifices you have to make. The publicity stunt placed Monroe on international front pages, and it also marked the end of her marriage to Joe DiMaggio. For those of you who don't remember, she was also married to baseball great Joe DiMaggio. It, it just Again, I'm, I'm not going to touch into every one of her marriages. She was married a lot of times, so I'm not going to touch into that. It also marked the end of her marriage to, Do, Do, to DiMaggio, who was infuriated by her publicity stunt. The union had been troubled from the start by his jealousy and controlling attitude. He was also physically abusive. Again, here he's just a repeat, a repeat of her being abused from even childhood up into into being an adult. That's shitty. After returning from New York City to Hollywood in October 1954, Monroe filed for divorce after only nine months of marriage. Goddamn. 
Monroe continued her relationship with De, with DiMaggio despite the ongoing divorce process. She also dated actor Marlon Brando and playwright author and playwright Arthur Miller. She had first been introduced to Miller by Ilya Kazan in the early 1950s. The affair between Monroe and Miller became increasingly serious after October 1955 when her divorce was finalized and he separated from his wife. You know, unfortunately, there, there's just, you know, when, when someone is from an abusive past and an abusive, an abusive history, whether it be physically, verbally, or sexually, you have, not you, but there just seems like there's just this hunger to try to find someone that you're going to be happy, trust, and, and, and be okay with. And because of that, and, and I mean, now, now I'm just assuming, I'm not knowing this 100%, is that Marilyn Monroe was always trying to find something that she can find home and be finally one with, with every demon that she's ever dealt with. Unfortunately, it's taken her, it, it took her a lot of times uh, to find that. I don't even think she found it. It's kind of shitty. The studio urged her to end it as Miller was being investigated by the FBI for allegations of communism and had been subpoenaed by the House uh, the House Un-American Activities Committee, Committee, but Monroe refused. The relationship led to F, to the FBI opening a file on her. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe had an FBI file on her because she was dating somebody who was accused of being a communist and possibly a spy giving Russia some information that that they don't they feel Russia shouldn't shouldn't have. Plus, R- Russia was our enemies back then. I don't know if Russia still is. I have to look that up. M- Monroe took eighteen took an eighteen month hiatus to concentrate on family life. She and Miller split their time between New York City, Connecticut, and Long Island. She had an ectopic pre- an ectopic pregnancy in mid nineteen fifty seven and a miscarriage a year later. These problems were most likely linked to her endometriosis endometriosis. Monroe was also briefly hospitalized due to a barbiturate overdose. As she and Green could not settle the disagreements over Marilyn Monroe Productions, Monroe bought his share of the company. Now, I put that in there. Marilyn Monroe actually started her own production company, and Green was not happy at all. Uh, Green was, I believe, was was a friend or someone working through Fox. However, uh, Marilyn Monroe started her own movie production, so she can be, so she can choose her roles and have a more serious uh, resume versus the, the the ditzy sex symbol roles that she was given. So again, for those of you who think that she's just not very bright, she started her own movie production. You know what I mean? She made an agreement with Fox Theater or with Fox Production Pictures, saying, "Yo, I'm going to do this. We're going to do that, and this is how it's going to be. Take it or leave it." And Fox is like, "Yo, you're starting to make a lot of positive headlines. You're really your name is really buzzing. We're going to go ahead and sign you." So Marilyn Monroe has died. How did she die? For a lot of you who who follow have followed Marilyn Monroe, it is alleged that Marilyn Monroe died of a suicide. That's the that 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 is what her her actual death certificate says is that she had died of of an overdose or a suicide via overdose. So let's find out if that's true. This is this is where the conspiracies start start we start dipping into a little bit of conspiracies here now. This is this is the whole reason why I started the <laughs> this episode of Marilyn Monroe. During her final months, Monroe lived at one at twelve three zero five Fifth Helena Drive in the in the Brentwood neighborhood of Los Angeles. Her housekeeper Eunice Murray was staying overnight at the home on the evening of August fourth, nineteen sixty two. 
Murray awoke at 3 a.m. on August 5th and sensed that something was wrong. She saw light from under Monroe's bedroom door but was unable to get a response and found the door locked. Murray then called Monroe psychiatrist Ralph Greenson, who arrived at the house shortly after and broke into the bedroom through a window to find Monroe dead in her bed. Monroe's physician, Hyman Endelberg, arrived at around 3.50 a.m. and pronounced her dead at the scene at 4.25 a.m. The LAPD was notified. So just a few highlights here. Her housekeeper never slept at Marilyn Monroe's home. According to reports, Eunice Murray was a regular 9-to-5 housekeeper and went home in the evening to enjoy time with her own family. It is also alleged, or alleged, <laughs> it is also alleged that Marilyn Monroe never orally took any sort of pills. It is alleged that Marilyn Monroe took suppository medications. Reason being why Monroe decided that she would take suppositories versus oral was that it it, it, ta- it the effect kicks in a lot faster than if she, if she had taken it orally. Now this is all alleged. This is all you know reports that I've been reading here and there. I don't know, and it is also alleged that the housekeeper was the one to administer the suppositories into Marilyn Monroe. So the question is, why would Eunice Murray, who was the housekeeper and had access to all rooms of the entire house, not able to open the door to Marilyn Monroe's room? And you're telling me that at 3 a.m., you're going to wake up and sense that something is wrong? I mean, what are you? Are you a a cat? Are you Spider-Man? How are you just going to wake up? there's a disturbance in the matrix and all of a sudden feel that something is off. And so you go check on your, your boss, but the door's locked, the lights on, but you can't open the door. Come on now. You know, I, like that, like that saying goes, I was born at la- at night, but I wasn't born last night. Just something with Eunice Murray doesn't sit right with me. So, Hold on. Oh, my gosh. Hey, shout out to my brother, Chubax. Hey, Chubax. Dude, Marilyn Monroe died on August 5th. Damn. Yo, she died on your birthday, man. That's kind of crazy. However, it just seems to me that it just seems kind of weird to me that, that, that two. Okay, so the psychiatrist was called. Why would you call a psychiatrist? Why wouldn't you call 911? Why wouldn't you call an ambulance to come rush Marilyn Monroe out to the hospital to, to, to get to the, to the emergency room? You have one of the biggest stars, if not biggest uh, uh, celebrity personalities of that era in, your, in the room, possibly dying, ill, hurt, or whatever the case may be. So you call the psychiatrist from his house instead of calling 911. And then you're not able to get into the room. Mysteriously, you're not able to get in the room. So, and there's another thing that bizarre. So you're telling me that, that the psychiatrist, Ralph Greenson, was unable to break a, a flimsy little bedroom door that he had to jump into, into the, through the window to get to Marilyn Monroe. See, that, that to me, by, by not busting in through the door and opening the scene immediately, now you're raising suspicions like, what took you so long to get through the window? And what, if, if or anything, what was done to Marilyn Monroe prior to opening the door, allowing everyone else in? Hmm. 
You see where I'm going with this? It just seems a little fishy to me that the the housekeeper who never stayed the night happened to stay the night over when she when she killed herself. Also, instead of attempting to bust the door open, like, I mean, that's what I would have done. You instead go to the window, jump in through the window, and then open the door. Man, wait, hold on. Where, 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 where's my Sherlock Holmes cap and where's my Sherlock Holmes spyglass? I need that shit right now because we're going to solve this goddamn thing. I mean, just think about it. Anybody who's in a panic, who, who, who is, you know, a dear friend, even a patient who is paying you handsomely, I'm pretty sure. You're telling me that you're going to waste even more time to run outside, jump in through the window, and then do whatever you have to do, and then open the bedroom door versus kicking the door open at full, this is Sparta speed, and attending to her a lot quicker than having the, taking the steps from walking outside, finding an open window, jumping in through the window, and then doing whatever you have to do or whatever, doing whatever you, what, what, what was said to do. Hmm. It's just kind of, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's just bizarre to me. So Monroe died between 8.30 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. on August 4th. My bad, dude. Uh, She died the day before your birthday, not on August 5th. And the the toxicology report showed that the cause of death was acute barbiturate poisoning. She had eight milligrams of chloral hydrate and 4.5 milligrams of fentobarbital that was found in her blood. Also, 13 milligrams of phenobarbital in her liver. The reason why she found the phenobarbital in her liver was that, again, that's through the suppository, and it comes in, uh, it goes in a lot quicker. And with the reports about she had 8 milligrams of chloral hydrate and 4.5 milligrams of phenobarbital, that, that, see, those were different, different reports that I've read. So you be the judge. Do your own your own research and let me know what you have. I mean, I've I've sourced a bunch of different stuff from different different places. Uh, let me know what you think. Graveyard Grumbler podcast on Instagram, Good Pods, Pod Chaser, Pod Chaser, and Pod Bean, or you can just email me, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com. Empty medicine bottles were found next to her bed. The possibility that Monroe had accidentally overdosed was ruled out because the dosages found her body in her body were several times over the lethal limit. <sighs> Boy, I tell you, just uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling you all this because I'm dragging all this out because when I start reading the conspiracies and everything that's happened after that, it's going to make you scratch your head. It's going to make you really wonder what TF. You know what I mean? The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office was assisted in their investigation by the Los Angeles Suicide Prevention Team, who had expert knowledge on suicide. Monroe's doctor stated that she had been, quote, prone to severe fears and frequent depressions, end quote, with, quote, abrupt and unpredictable mood changes, end quote, and had overdosed several times in the past, possibly intentionally. Due to these facts and the lack of any indication of foul play, Deputy Coroner Thomas Noguchi classified her death as a probable suicide. So, with the fact, with the lack of any indication of foul play, hmm, it just seems too, I mean, yeah, okay, okay, so let's, we are looking at the fact that she had a very disturbing childhood, she had a very disturbing young adulthood, we understand that she was abused several times, 
she was thrown out of her normal life. Her mom was, 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 had a psychotic break, diagnosed, schizophrenic, bounced from different homes, abused in different homes. We understand that. But she had a flourishing career. She started her own movie production company. But then she killed herself. I understand, and I understand suicide is a damn, I mean, depression is a huge and it's the damnedest, evilest thing that can possibly be hindered with several other mental illness. I completely understand that. But it just seems that it just, all these facts are just too fishy. And again, disclaimer, for those of you who are listening to this podcast and for those of you who have friends that you are worried about, anyone who's suffering from mental, mental illness, please call and, and seek help. There's several things. There's, uh, there's self-help lines. There's text lines. There's, uh, there's uh, uh, help hotlines. Call someone, text someone. It's better to talk to someone than no one and letting this problem get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Just get help. Please, your life matters. You may not think it does, but it really does. End of disclaimer. Thank you very much. So, in the following decades, several conspiracy theories, including murder and accidental overdose, have been introduced to contradict suicide as the cause of Monroe's death. The speculation that Monroe had been murdered first gained mainstream attention with the publication of Norman Mailer's Marilyn, a biography, in 1973, and in the following years became widespread enough for the Los Angeles County District Attorney John Vandekamp to conduct a, quote, threshold investigation, end quote, in 1982 to see whether a criminal investigation should be opened. No evidence of foul play was found. Yeah, no evidence of foul play. Hmm. Let's get into the conspiracy theories, shall we? Let's get into the things where I'm starting to scratch my head and think, yo, this shit might actually be a real thing. Not her committing suicide, but her committing suicide. What do you mean, Grumbler? You'll, You'll understand what I mean when I read these crazy, crazy things that might actually be true. So it's not, it's, not, it, it, it's not a secret that Marilyn Monroe fooled around with John F. Kennedy. That was one of the huge things that might have been one of the reasons why so many people hated John F. Kennedy, not because of his radical views. I mean, they weren't even that radical, but they were radical for the times, for not, not for anything other than, not really, hold on, pause. One of the big reasons that people doubted his credibility since he was having an affair on his wife. His wife, I can't remember her name, uh, but he, he, you know, it's not a secret that John F. Kennedy was having an affair with Marilyn Monroe. It's not a secret. So Kennedy and his younger brother, U.S. Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, feature heavily in several Monroe murder conspiracies. Oh, yeah, she was fooling around with, her, with his brother, Robert F. Kennedy, as well, if you didn't know that. Because I didn't know that. I thought she was just fooling around with one Kennedy. But no, she's fooling around with, she was fooling around with two Kennedys, Robert F. Kennedy and John F. Kennedy. And both of them have been accused, if not, the names have been thrown inside the hat on who could have killed Marilyn Monroe. Why would the Kennedys kill Marilyn Monroe, you might ask? Well, for several reasons. Number one, number one, the theory was that John F. Kennedy's wife wanted to end the relationship and hired the mafia to kill Marilyn Monroe because not only was it was embarrassing to her and her family, it was also maf- the mafia had interest in thinking that, yo, 
John F. Kennedy is messing with a lot of things that are in that are that are uh, disrupting organized crime. There was even a task force designed to stop organized crime during the during the Kennedy era. So, why would the Kennedys kill Marilyn Monroe? Why wouldn't they kill Marilyn Monroe? Would be a better question. In 2007, Australian Australian filmmaker Felipe Mora discovered a partially redacted FBI document that suggests Robert Kennedy also said to have had an affair with Monroe, like his more famous brother, may have been complicit in a plot to, quote, induce, end quote, her suicide. So let me read that without the quote. Or without saying, quote, in 2007, Australian filmmaker Felipe Mora discovered a partially redacted FBI document that suggests Robert Kennedy also said to have had an affair with Monroe, like his more famous brother, may have been complicit in a plot to induce her suicide. Also implicated is Kennedy's then-brother-in-law, and Rat Packer actor Peter Lawford as the conspiracy's lead Monroe's psychiatry. Oh, oh, oh I, I, I got too involved. So also implicated is Kennedy's then brother-in-law and Rat Packer actor Peter Lawford as the conspiracy's lead. Monroe's psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson, housekeeper Eunice Murray, and Agent Pat Newcomb. So all these individuals were thrown in there. So her brother-in-law, Rat Packer actor pa- Peter Lawford, as the conspiracy's lead, Monroe's psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson, and her housekeeper, Eunice Murray, and, the, and an agent, Pat Newcomb. These were all thrown in there as, an, as conspirators to induce suicide to, for, to Marilyn Monroe. Who knows to shut her up? Who knows to do what? But for some reason, they wanted her quiet, and all these individuals were allegedly involved in that very deal. That they were, These were the ones involved in trying to kill Marilyn Monroe. So the, that's why Robert Kennedy and John F. Kennedy were, were sleeping with the same woman. And when both of them realized, yo, this isn't good for business, we need to get rid of her. I mean, that's just my thought. It might not be true, but that's the way it seems. Am I right? I'm right. Thank you very much. The depressive Monroe, who had struggled with drug and alcohol abuse, had been known to seek attention by staging suicide attempts, and the documents suggest she was given the means to do so. The barbiturate seconal seconal by the alleged conspirators conspirators but was then left to die so what this is talking about is that apparently this was again this is all reports and this is all alleged i don't have the 100 truth but this is what people or not but what this is what reports have said that monroe struggled with depression she also struggled with drug and alcohol she also dealt with abandonment issues she also dealt like she needed more attention on her, so she would stage suicide attempts in order to have people give her sympathy. Now, according to reports that this was one of the main reasons why, or main reasons how the conspirators conspirators named above, who were Peter Lawford, Dr. Ralph Greenson, and housekeeper Eunice Murray, oh, and FBI agent Pat Nuncombe, helped Marilyn Monroe commit suicide. Now, allegedly, Marilyn Monroe didn't really want to commit suicide, but what it was was more attention-seeking to have that love and that felt and that want to be noticed and to be taken care of. 
But however, because of all the stuff or the two individuals that she was involved with, with the Kennedy brothers, these conspirators gave her the, 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 the medication, the barbiturates to actually do it. And instead of helping her, they were left to die. That is the reason why I asked, why didn't the, why didn't the psychiatrist bust open through the door that he went all the way around, jumped in through the window, and then opened the door? It just seems a little fishy, fishy to me that all that had taken place instead of busting open the door in a panic for a friend slash patient. You know what I mean? And it, it also it's also fishy to me that the that the uh, the housekeeper who who hardly to never stayed a night at Marilyn Monroe's home didn't call nine one one or didn't call for an ambulance, but instead called the psychiatrist from his home. Hmm. You see where you see where it starts getting a little fishy. It just seems, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. As many theories have proffered before the FBI file infers, God damn, that was a mess. Whoever wrote this shit. As many theories have proffered before the FBI file infers, infers the alleged plot was carried out to silence Monroe, who had threatened to reveal her affairs with the Kennedy brothers. Monroe was also thought to be a liability, allegedly keeping records of conversations detailing highly confidential government information in, quote, a little red book. Hmm. If you're sleeping with two of the most influential slash important men in the United States, wouldn't you want to protect your six? What sucks is that because of her cautiousness and her paranoia and her tired of being taken advantage of, she wants to do something to protect herself. And because of, because of that reason, she was deemed and dealt with, with the character defame or the character demeaning a character yeah, defamation that we most mainly, mainly known about, know about her now. I don't think so. I think I think Monroe was seriously covering her six and her backside and wanted to have protection just in case shit went south. But unfortunately, she didn't realize how deep the, the, the waters were and how how aggressive the beast were. And therefore wasn't able to to accurately pick out or see the, the, the wolf in the hen house, unfortunately. In a new document, documentary unacknowledged by conspiracy theorist Dr. Stephen Greer, who claims Monroe was murdered by the CIA because she knew the truth about Roswell and planned to reveal <laughs> she knew the truth about Roswell and planned to reveal it all. In the film, Greer produces what he says is a classified CIA memo written just two days before Monroe's death. You heard me right. One of the one of the reasons why Marilyn or one of the conspiracies that have now popped up is that Marilyn Monroe was murdered by the CIA slash the Kennedys because she knew exactly and the, she knew exactly the truth and everything that happened regarding the Roswell wreck and the Roswell alien files and Area 51. In the alleged memo that Greer believes refers to the story Roswell UFO crash in New Mexico in 1947, JFK is said to have told Monroe he witnessed evidence, evidence of, quote, things from outer space, end quote, at a secret air base. So again, for those of you who don't know, 
I've done an episode on Area 51. Area 51 is in Roswell, New Mexico, or actually Area 51 is in Nevada. Yes, it's in Nevada. Yes, okay. <laughs> my, I have so many things running through my head right now. And it, it, is, it is said to be a secret test site for the, for the United States Air Force where they test nuclear weapons, they test, they build secret top uh, crazy uh, planes. They, they, they do a bunch of stuff that's real secret and real high profile. So therefore, this is a base where nobody's allowed access to. It is monitored and, and restricted 24 hours a day. You can only get to, the, to a, certain port, a certain portion of the bordering fences or lines until, until people in jeeps or allegedly Jeeps and SUVs wearing suits drive by and tell you to get the fuck on or they will shoot and kill you. Damn. Crazy. It is also said, quote, that uh, John F. Kennedy said, quote, we have a number of smoking gun documents, including a, oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Negative. This is from uh, the, uh, from, this is from Greer. Greer said, quote, we have a number of smoking gun documents, including a wiretap of Marilyn Monroe the day before she died, which has never been declassified, end quote. Greer also writes, quote, she was threatening to hold a press conference to tell the world that Jack Kennedy had told her during pillow talk about having seen debris from an extraterrestrial vehicle at what the document calls a secret air base. She was murdered for this very reason, end quote. So while having pillow talk after having sex with the president, she was murdered because she she threatened to hold a press conference to let the United States, to let America know that the Roswell, New Mexico plane crash or the the UFO crash was not a weather balloon that has been previously stated by the government. But instead, Marilyn Monroe claims that there was a that she had viable evidence stating that John F. Kennedy has witnessed debris and wreckage from an actual UFO at Area 51. And because of that, she was murdered. What do you think? Do you think that that's an actual possibility? Let me know. Graveyardgrumbler at mail.com. I'm not going to go through everything. Graveyard Grumbler podcast on Instagram. Let me know what you think. I don't know. I mean, this is, to me, this is actually a viable thing. This is something that's plausible. Reason being, why I said that is because just recently, a few months ago, the, the, the U.S. government, the U.S. military released confirmed videotape and acknowledgement of actual UFOs that has been spotted by U.S. naval airships and U.S. naval recordings from, or U.S. naval uh, pilots of what actually of actual UFO. Now, remember, when we say UFO, we don't specifically mean alien aircraft. It's just an unidentified flying object. What are the objects flying around that the government has seen? We don't know. That is one of the biggest things. But now, with the release of that vital information that now the government, the U.S. Air Force, or excuse me, the United States Navy, has actually admitted to seeing these things the, 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 the likeliness of Marilyn Monroe being, more, being murdered by the, by the Kennedys because she actually had information about John F. Kennedy legitimately seeing extraterrestrial debris is not a crazy idea anymore. 
Now this idea is, holy shit, this, is, this could be a real thing. Holy crap. So while they're, oh man, see what I mean? This is one of the reasons why I was so excited to do this episode. I want to do this episode just for this very reason that it, it, it is so bizarre and, and, and the conspiracy is so, the, so deep. But at the same time, it's real since we, the United States Navy just released confirmation that they have legitimate records and recordings of UFOs. So what do you believe? This is the reason why the government can't be trusted a lot of the times. <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't have my tinfoil hat on. I'm not an anti-government conspiratist. I, I, I don't hate our government. But at the same time, in all reality, the government has done some shady shit. And it's hard to believe what is the truth and what isn't. So friends of Monroe have said that the late president likely discussed serious government secrets with his famous girlfriend, namely regarding alien sightings and a top-secret desert base full of otherworldly materials, Area 51. And while that might sound like mad speculation, newly released documents from the CIA and FBI point to a clear preoccupation with Marilyn Monroe. So... Newly, re- newly released documents have shown that, that the uh, CIA and FBI made it a point to track, follow, and watch every one of every bit of Marilyn Monroe's movements, what she says, who she hangs out with, who she sleeps with, and most importantly, what she says during live or during interviews. According to, to reports that I have read, Marilyn Monroe discussed that John F. Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy both discussed Area 51 in detail, describing other worldly materials. I mean, in my in my guess, that just means we're, we're dealing with alien shit here. John F. Kennedy also stated, or also is allegedly to have told Marilyn Monroe. That we have confirmed alien sightings. And all of this is, can, can be verified at Area 51. If, if this wasn't true, in my opinion, why would the FBI and CIA be so interested in Marilyn Monroe? Other than when she was dealing with the maybe communist dude that she was dating. There hasn't been any other real information or reasons why the CIA and FBI would be so interested in in, in what she says or she does. See, this is the way that I see a planning. Okay, this is the way that I see it planned out. This is is the way I envision, envision how it went down, okay? Marilyn Monroe and John F. Kennedy were getting the getting on, you know, they were, they were bumping and grinding, you know, and then because you're after sex for a lot of people, you know, depending on how, how involved you are with the individual, 
you're on this sex high and all of a sudden you just start saying crap because you're just like, damn, the truth comes out. It's like a, it's like a post-sex truth serum. It just, you just start, you know, saying shit that you really mean. So my theory is that John F. Kennedy had this same thing going on. Ended up telling Marilyn Monroe, yo, I've seen a shitload of aliens. There's alien spacecrafts in Area 51 right now, and I don't know what to do with it. I don't even know how much money we can get for salvaging this shit. Just just know that it was legitimate that we saw alien shit. I've seen alien shit down in Area 51. It scared me. I don't want to go back, but I have to because I'm the president of the United States. So after that conversation, and when John F. Kennedy gained his, you know, regained his professionalism and, and came to, he went to the FBI and CIA, sat him down, and, and they said, so how did your, your meetup with Marilyn Monroe go? And John F. Kennedy looks at him and says, <clears throat> oops, I did it again. I told her about aliens and everything we have at Area 51. So I think we should kill her. And then on the flip note, on the, on, the, on the opposite side of the coin, Robert Kennedy was doing the same thing, telling Marilyn Monroe, yo, there's aliens. My brother told me. I had to confirm that. So I went down to this place, Area 51. You ever heard that? It's not, it's not next to the 7-Eleven out in Nevada. No, no, no. It's not there. It's, it's, it's completely opposite. It's right in the middle of nowhere. No one can see it. But it's Area 51, and we have all of our alien shit there. And it's crazy because I'm scared, and I don't want to go back. So I won't. So after his meeting with Marilyn Monroe, Robert Kennedy went to the CIA and FBI and they said, yo, how did your meeting with Marilyn Monroe go? And he's like, uh, okay, first I'm going to apologize because my bad. I said shit that I shouldn't have said. And I think she's going to report and open her mouth. So we should end her life. And FBI and CIA are like, God damn it. Not again, man. Can you just shut up? Can you just, you know, just leave, leave the panties in your mouth and just not say anything? Just, just don't talk. Don't speak. Don't blink. Don't think about saying anything. Now we have to clean up your two's mess. Great. By the way, when reports of this went on, the last meeting that the Kennedys had with her, she was found dead the following day. A little side note. On vault.fbi.gov, an official website for the Federal Bureau of Investigations, there are about 200 pages of declassified FBI files on Monroe specifically. Most interestingly, these reports overseen by J. Edgar Hoover detail Monroe's likely relationship with Robert Kennedy, complete with hush-hush meetings and various hotel parties. Of course, Bobby Kennedy was eventually murdered too, just like his brother, <laughs> just like his brother, John F. Kennedy. That, that, that literally caught me out of the blue. I, I, did, not, I did not see that. So remember the conspiracy, th- um, you know, I'm going to have to do, God damn it. See, oh my gosh, this is the reason why I don't do cold case conspiracy files. Now I have to, now I have to, I have to do one on John F. Kennedy. I have to do one on, on everything that happened with the Kennedys and the involvement because this has to, this is going to have, this is a segue into the Kennedy murders. Jesus, Christmas trees in June. Oh, Jesus, our Lord in a smut field. I'll tell you what. So for those of you who don't, under, uh, don't, uh, don't know, John, John Edgar Hoover created the FBI. He was the, the, he's the one who founded, uh, made it a thing, and it became one of the biggest Federal Bureau of Investigations part of the justice government that we have. So there are about 200 pages, 
hundred pages of declassified FBI files on Monroe specifically. Most interestingly, these reports overseen by John Edgar Hoover detail Monroe's likely relationship with Robert Kennedy, complete with hush-hush meetings and various hotel parties. Of course, Bobby Kennedy was eventually murdered too, just like his brother, John F. Kennedy. Yes, you heard me right. Robert Kennedy was murdered just like, see, oh my gosh. For those of you who don't listen to punk music, go listen to this song by The Misfits, which is ironically, or not ironically, which was created because of Marilyn Monroe's famous film, The Misfits. The Misfits band, the punk band, there's a song called Marilyn Monroe. And it's a a crazy song, but it talks about how Marilyn Monroe was actually murdered. And, and, you know, and once doing the research, not knowing, not knowing anything about what's going on with Marilyn Monroe or anything like that, I truly believe Marilyn Monroe was murdered. It just doesn't make any sense with all of this information, all of this info uh, gathered up and Marilyn Monroe committed suicide. Absolutely not. Marilyn, I, I truly believe Marilyn Monroe was murdered. I mean, think about it. She messed around with two people of the same family, John F. Kennedy and, and Robert Kennedy. They were both murdered. And if you don't believe me, remember, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas driving in a convertible. So we're going to get into that next episode. Next episode, I have to do it. We're doing John F. Kennedy's assassination. We're going to segue into that. And we're also going to do the Kennedy's murders and how they were plagued with being murdered. So for those of you who who are still on the fence, I mean, you think about it. She was fooling around with two brothers who were murdered. Marilyn Monroe was murdered, was murdered, uh, and then I think like a year later, John F. Kennedy and his brother were murdered around the same time. Or uh, don't quote me on that. I don't know if it's the same time. I haven't done my, my full research on that. But it, it's, it's too much of, of a coincidence to not believe Marilyn Monroe was murdered. I mean, well, okay, aside from the UFO, it doesn't matter if it was for the Uf, UFO or not. It doesn't matter if, if the Kennedys gave her deep down dark uh, confessions about true alien sightings and shit that we have in area 51 that's 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 beside the fact the point is is that she knew too much the kennedys knew that so did people around her like the government and realized that 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 marilyn monroe can could have singly hand single-handedly taken down the machine that is the government at that time which was the kennedys that were involved in so much quote shady shit i mean i, I alleged say shady shit i don't know for sure i wasn't there i was too busy uh, rebuilding houses and and working a full three full time job three full time jobs at a, at a young age, so uh, I I wasn't there in the '60s to know all this for sure or the '40s the '50s to to know this for sure. However, the uh, all this evidence and conspiracy points to way too much. One of the declassified documents is called a study of assassination. Yes, this is a declassified document. That is stated as called a study of assassination. It was written by the CIA around the time of Monroe's death. Okay, just 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 what just, just listen to what I said. This document was called a study of assassination, and it was written by the CIA around the time of Monroe's death. Oh my gosh. You see, you, 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 now you, you see where I'm coming from? Do you see where I'm coming from now? How is well, the, the coincidences are, 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 un, are undeniable. The coincidences are unbelievable. You can't write, well, let, me, let me rephrase that. 
a document called A Study of Assassination written about the time that one of the biggest celebrity personalities died is hard to believe that that she committed suicide when a document was the study of assassination was written around the same time. It just doesn't make, oh my goodness. So according to reports, this is what some of the document states. This is just a portion of what the document says, okay? How to murder someone with drugs by throwing them off a building, et cetera, et cetera. And it looks like something tragic, but innocent. One of the most fascinating parts of this document is a reference finding. If you need to kill someone, get them in a vulnerable situation. Maybe ply them with alcohol and drugs and make it look like a very tragic, sad suicide. In the document, it says, if you need to kill someone, get them in a vulnerable situation, maybe ply them with alcohol and drugs and make it look like a very tragic, sad suicide. That is literally in the documents of the study of assassination. What do you think? Marilyn Monroe was going through some, some career issues. Or she, you know, her, she wasn't getting the roles that she was wanting to. She was falling in and out of depression. She just wasn't happy where she was at at the time. So they found her in a desperate place already. She couldn't find, she didn't have any kids. She wanted a family. She didn't have the husband of her dreams. Everything was not going for her. She was having a lot of problems personally and professionally. So why not ply the individual with alcohol and drugs? Make them, make them overdose and have it look like a very tragic, sad suicide. This is the reason why I don't believe she committed suicide. I believe she was murdered. Oh my gosh, let's keep reading. And it almost mirrors the final hours of Marilyn herself. It's very, very similar. It's like looking in a mirror and you read that. It really is difficult not to believe that the documents and Marilyn's death were part and parcel of one. It's just strange. It, it, how is Marilyn Monroe going to, you know, allegedly commit suicide and then a document that was written because they dated it, a study of uh, assassination? And one of the, one of the, the, the practices to, to assassinate someone is ply them with alcohol and drugs and make it look like a very tragic, sad suicide. That, that's just too fish. That, that's too fishy for me. That just, it just doesn't make it a boy, I tell you. The star journalist and acquaintance of Monroe, Dorothy Kilgallen, Kil, also died of a barbiturates overdose in 1965 after interviewing Jack Ruby and others deeply involved with the JFK assassination and Warren Commission. We're going to get into the JFK assassination and Warren Commission in the next episode. Just a heads up, that's going to be a really long episode. I might actually have to break that in two episodes, so just a heads up. But the star journalist and acquaintance of Marilyn Monroe, Dorothy Killigan, also died of a barbiturates overdose. That's the same thing that, that they said Marilyn Monroe overdosed with, with barbiturates. She died in 1965 after interviewing Jack Ruby and others deeply involved with the JFK assassination and, commission warrant, and the Warren Commission. Again, all of this coincidence and all this is, is just too eerie and it, it's too... It's too accurate for, for me to believe that these were, 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 were accidental or were suicides. There's no way that a star journalist and then who, who happened to be a friend of Marilyn Monroe 
started doing she was a journalist interviewing and trying to find the true the, the true reason and who actually killed John F Kennedy coincidentally overdosed off of barbiturates after talking about or or poking the bear it just happened to be one of the biggest conspiracy and possible government cover-ups in the in the history of the United States the John F. Kennedy assassination was one of the biggest supposed, you know, uh, inside jobs to ever happen in 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 the United States. So you're telling me that this lady, uh, Dorothy, w- coincidentally died of an overdose after after uh, rustling up some worms and and kicking the dirt around? Absolutely not. This was a, this was a murder. She she got killed. So she was she was killed. So was Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe was murdered. So was Dorothy. Come on, they both died off of barbiturates? Give me a break. Considering the CIA's apparent interest in unconventional assassination tactics, it's entirely possible that Monroe was helped towards her suicidal state. Oh my gosh. Speaking to George Knapp in an interview for Mystery Wire, Redfern pointed out that, quote, the big question is, was it a suicide or was it almost like an allowed suicide? That's one of the key theories, the idea that she wasn't sort of forcibly killed, but she was placed into death deliberately in the days or weeks prior to her death, that she was being deliberately pushed into sort of a mode of depression and anxiety to the point where she just could not stand this sort of psychological warfare anymore and decided to kill herself. And quote, wasn't that the same thing that, that the study of assassination stayed? Get them in a vulnerable situation, maybe ply them with alcohol and drugs and make it look like a very tragic, sad suicide. And this is the, this is the questions that, 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 we're, that we're asking people now. I mean, not now, but asking throughout the time. If, if the CIA and the government had, had that sort of tactics and everything fell into place exactly how the government wrote about it in a book on paper, What makes you think that Marilyn Monroe wasn't murdered? It, it's, it's just I, I don't believe I don't believe Marilyn Monroe killed her, uh, had suicide. I believe, like it says, she was pushed into into killing herself because of the psychological warfare. I think she only did it as an escape. But again, I think that the psychiatrist had something to do with her killing herself, or supposedly killing herself. That's what I believe. There was too many. There's too many factors pointing into someone killing, uh, murdering Marilyn Monroe than her killing herself. To pin that confluence of anxiety on our government might sound like a stretch, but considering the content of a study of assassination, this mentally draining tactic could very well have been utilized during an era of rampant political deception. Oh, yeah. The 50s and 60s was rampant with political deception. Again, the John F. Kennedy suicide or the assassination was one of the biggest government deceptions known to to Americans. And we're going to cover that next episode. Graveyard Grumble final wrap. Let's let let's uh let's go ahead and wrap this thing up now. It, it's I'm, I'm boy, I tell you. So just just in case that your mind hadn't been blown yet, let's blow your mind again. Let, let's blow it one more time. When Marilyn Monroe was discovered, or not discovered, when her body was found by the psychiatrist and and the, the maid, or mostly by the psychiatrist. There was no suicide. There was no suicide note left or found anywhere in the house. Now, this when I read this, this had me thinking: Wouldn't someone of Marilyn Monroe's popularity 
give a reason why she killed herself. I mean, there's average Joes who leave lengthy suicide notes detailing why they took their life. Wouldn't Marilyn Monroe, a Hollywood actor, a Hollywood actress, a celebrity personality, wouldn't she, of all people, leave a reason why she killed herself? I mean, she sure had had a, a villain origin story to leave growing up and even to her adulthood. Why she killed herself? She died when she 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 died in her early thirties. That's still really young. I I I don't I don't believe someone of that popularity of that that celebrity status would just take her own life without explaining to her friends, her close friends, why she killed herself. I, I just don't believe that no note was found. I, I, I'm telling you, I keep pointing fingers at this goddamn psychiatrist. I think the psychiatrist has something to do with it, and so did the maid. Of course, the government has something to do with it. It just it, when, when you write a book called The Study of Assassination, and one of them is to ply someone with alcohol and drugs and catch them on the most vulnerable places and then make it look like they kill themselves, and then no suicide note is left, it's just too, it's too fishy for me to believe that she, commit, that she killed herself, especially with no suicide note found. That's what, that's what I'm saying. So let's get into another little bit of conspiracy. I'm not going to touch in on this. It, it just, it, this one kind of aggravated me, but I'm going to touch into it a little bit, j- just a little bit to, to close out the, the episode, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Gianni Russo, who played Carlo Rizzi in The Godfather, claims the mob and Giannacana were after Monroe to get the president, John F. Kennedy. According to the Daily Mail, the alleged plan was to film Monroe in a threesome with JFK and Robert Kennedy and use the tape to blackmail the president into invading Cuba and returning the island casinos to organized criminals. One of the big reasons why... The mo- okay, so so the brother-in-law of the Kennedys, which was the guy from the Rat Pack, and for those of you who don't know who the Rat Pack is, the Rat Pack is the group that was uh, Dean Martin, Samuel uh, Samuel Davis Jr., and Frank Sinatra, and then also uh, that that brother-in-law, which was what's that dude's name? Peter Lawford. They were all part of the of the Rat Pack, and the Rat Pack was allegedly Mr. Blue Eyes, which was Frank Sinatra, had ties with the mob supposedly. And the mob, well, Frank Sinatra knew John F. Kennedy. So the mob allegedly had something to do with killing uh, Marilyn Monroe to get back at John F. Kennedy for not uh, invade. So th- th- there, there, was, there was this invasion that went horribly wrong by John F. Kennedy. I think it was called... The Bay of the Pigs, or 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 something about the pigs. I, I can't remember. I, I have it written down somewhere. I, just so many, so much information is going through my head right now. It was it was a fa- it was it was a failed invasion of Cuba to overthrow and kill or assassinate uh, then uh, dictator Fidel Castro. Okay, so John F. Kennedy, like I said, and Robert F. Kennedy were both sleeping with Marilyn Monroe. So the deal the, they were trying to get them to have a threesome, which is fucking weird to have a threesome with your brother, and to blackmail him into invading the Cuban island or Cuba and restoring organized crime back to the criminals. So, or the casinos back to the back to organized crime. Now, obviously, I mean the 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 that never happened. So 
I'm just giving you a background. I'm, I'm, I'm going off to the end. However, the president never showed up at the resort. Russo claims Monroe learned of the plot and threatened to report the mob to the media. When Robert Kennedy heard of Monroe's plan, he plotted her death to stop her. This is this is coming from Russo. Apparently, he's so Gianna Russo knows Marilyn Monroe because he's he uh, he claimed that he slept with her when he was 16 years old and she was 30 or just a little bit around that age. Or uh, I think he was I think she had just turned 33, 32 or 33. So the 16-year-old Gianni Russo allegedly slept with Marilyn Monroe and partied with Marilyn Monroe. This is this is uh, uh, this is how this guy, this actor, knows Marilyn Monroe. Again, this is allegedly. This is off him. You can look up his, look up Gianni Russo and Marilyn Monroe, and, and he'll. It's the whole interview right there that he talks about. Russo also claims, "quote It had to be Bobby. No one else would kill her. The mob would not have done it. They liked her. She was the party. She was a party girl." Give her a couple, uh, give her a couple pills, a couple drinks, and she'll fuck everyone. End quote. Russo told the New York Post, he said, "quote A guy known, a guy known as the Doctor, a killer for hire, and an actual MD, had done major hits for the mob. He injected air into the vein near Marilyn's pubic region. She died of an embolism, but it looked like a drug overdose to the coroner." End quote. I don't know if I believe that. I mean. Uh, you know, this Russo guy can just be saying shit. He, it could actually be the truth. I don't know. But this is the final wrap. Let, let's, let's close this out. Marilyn Monroe was not a dumb blonde. Her, her drug usage varies from report to reports. Some people say she, was, she did cocaine. Some people say that all she did was uh, barbiturates. Other people say that all she did was, was downer or uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, like Valium and stuff like that. Uh, benzos. However, a lot of people say that she used it to try to calm her nerves and to sleep. And a lot of times uh, she was mostly an alcoholic, drank a lot, which, you know, okay. A lot of people back in that era did that. My belief is that she knew too much from the Kennedys. The Kennedys divulged way too much information to her and found her as a threat. The CIA didn't like it. Neither did the FBI for fear of being exposed for all the dirty work that they were doing around that era. So she was taken out. I don't believe Marilyn Monroe killed herself. There's no, I, I just don't see that, especially with the, with the, with the lack of, of having a suicide note. I, I just don't see that, that she killed herself voluntarily, if you know what I mean. I, I do believe that the Kennedys had something to do with it. I don't think the mob had anything to do with it. It, it just doesn't make any sense. This guy, Gianni Russi, Russo, he, I, don't know what, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I just threw that in there to kind of add an extra conspiracy theory. It, let me. How about you guys? Let me know what you think. Graveyard Grumbler at mail.com, Graveyard Grumbler podcast on Instagram, Podbean, and Podchaser, and Good Pods. Just send me a message with telling me: Do you think Marilyn Monroe killed herself, or was she murdered? And if she was murdered, who do you think did it? And I think Marilyn Monroe was was a threat at exposing too much information, and the government didn't want that, and so in turn they killed her. That that's my true belief. I really believe she was murdered. I don't think she overdosed. You know, just like just like uh, uh, Forrest Gump said, and that's all I can say about that. So we're going to end the pot there. <laughs> we're going to end the episode. The episode is going on for about an hour and a half now. <laughs> we, need, we need to end it. Uh, announcements. 
Uh, we have uh, the Patreon is still up and running. I'm still reading stories. I'm still putting those out twice a month. And my apologies to to my Patreon members. I did not release them last night. I was at work from uh, 6 a.m. Actually, actually 5 a.m. until 8:30 at night. Uh, my truck had uh, had some big issues, and I had to get it repaired. And I didn't get home until 8:30. And of course, at that time, I was too sleepy and tired to do any kind of coherent recording. If you're interested, it's five dollars a month. Uh, with that, you get two, you get two stories a month that I, that I read and produce here uh, in my, in my little podcast studio. I'm also continuing to work on getting, uh, getting uh, merchandise. I, I'm, I'm in the process of, of uh, sending some, some stuff for some stickers. Uh, hopefully we can get those soon. My Patreon members will get those for free. And everyone who's non-Patreon members, you're, you know, I'll tell you the price later. Uh, one of the perks of being a Patreon, when I do finally establish my merchandise line, my Patreon members will forever get a discount. The entire uh, existence of, of my podcast, of a Patreon, and of my merchandise. It doesn't matter if I had a flash sale and then uh, you want to buy the item uh, three months later because you, know, you, got, you, you put in some extra hours. If you're a Patreon member, you'll be able to get that item if it's in stock and at a discount, forever discounts if you're a Patreon member. Other than that, thank you everyone for the support. I appreciate everyone very, very much. Continue to listen, continue to share, 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 share. If you can just post my link on wherever you, on your social media, just say, hey, check this out. That's, I, I, I would be very, very humbly appreciative, appreciative, appreciative for that. Thank you very much. So next week, we already, we already said what, what episode we're going to do. John F. Kennedy assassination conspiracy and his, uh, the family, the murdering of, of the Kennedys. We're, we're going to do that. I have to. It's a segue from the Marilyn Monroe into the John F. Kennedy. It just has to do with it. It's a cold case file. We're going to do it. Other than that, everyone, I appreciate you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my little black heart. And as always, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. Uh, do I feel happy in life? Um... Um, let's see. Let's see. I hope I'm finding happiness. Right? Well, for me, uh, I can realize certain things in my work. Uh, I come the closest to being happy, and I can say that also about my life. Well, it only happens, I think, in moments, sometimes when I'm working, and, uh, and I'll be able to, uh, uh, fulfill a scene truthfully, and... Then I think I'm the happiest. Well, I find it very stimulating to keep studying and working. Um, uh, but I'm not just generally happy. If I'm generally anything, I guess I'm generally miserable. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Beautiful friend. Graveyard Grumbler Graveyard Podcast. Grumbler.